What's good? This is Marcus, and I'm super excited to announce Chai Tea Vibes Lo-Fi Radio. This is a 24-7 lo-fi radio stream. We're going to be adding new vibes to this channel all the time. Whether you're studying, going on a long trip, cleaning, or just looking for something to set the mood. Instead of going to Lo-Fi Girl, why don't you check out Chai Tea Vibes Lo-Fi Radio today? Let's lock in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Married and Debt Free Podcast. And I'm here with my lovely wife and co-host, Shira. And we're happy to be here. And we're really happy today, Shira. Okay. I need you to get your energy level up. I need you to get lit with your boy. Because we're celebrating 1 million downloads of this podcast. That's amazing. Yeah, we lit. Come on, y'all. Put your hands up. Yeah. We lit. Come on, y'all. Yo, I'm excited, Shire, because it seemed like it took us so long to get to this. That's to the 1 okay. Million mark. That's okay. But we appreciate every download. We appreciate every listen. Yes, yes. We really do, y'all, you know? So yes. shout out to you guys, man, because you guys uh, really show up for this party. Like I say, you always show up. So if y'all showing up, we showing up. We pulling up. Yes, I am definitely filled with gratitude Yes, to all of our listeners and those who just tune in for these conversations mm-hmm. weekly or, you know, even if it's just whenever you have a chance. Yes. Like, I'm incredibly grateful. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Like, when you pulled that up on the screen, I was, I was <laughs> like, is that, is that real? Us? Like, <laughs> man, Shire, even like all the reviews, like, we really mm-hmm. appreciate it. When I go back and look at how many reviews we've gotten, you know, it's like um, 400, almost 400 people took out the time to, Leave us a message and thank you. You know, help us to become more visible. You know, so we we just thank you guys. We thank you guys, and it's been fun. We've been doing this for six years, Shy. We've been talking about what we did in 2017 when we paid off two. Oh, I don't know the number. I'm about to say like we paid off two million. Two million. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> <But> we, <laughs> six figure debt. Let's yes. start there. We've been talking about what we did when we paid off six figure debt since 2017. That's six years. Uh-huh. You know, and it just kind of fly has flown by. We've changed some things, uh, but one thing that has been fairly consistent, we started it, I think, later on. This podcast platform was like one of our later uh, endeavors. We started on YouTube and stuff like that, but 
man, this has been pretty consistent, you know, and I enjoy talking with you. I enjoy sitting down and having these conversations. Me and you talk anyway. So it's just like, how about we just turn on the microphone and let everybody hear how crazy we be talking? Um, well, it, I would say that it did not start off that way. Okay. Because the first. Yes. Tell the tell the Genesis story. The first, um, I guess, our introduction to social media was through YouTube. Yes. And so we wanted to try YouTube mm-hmm. and we wanted to see how that would go for us. Yes. And one day um, I remember you saying, oh, um, I signed us up for a podcast. We're starting a podcast. <laughs> I sure did. Right? And we need to record. And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, um, you didn't talk to me about this. And I wasn't that enthused no. about the podcast. Yeah, you weren't at first. Because Marcus, he just be doing stuff and just throwing me in, into different things. I do, y'all. And so sometimes she's right. I don't like that. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> um, but I will say that you know, over the course of these past few years, the podcast is my most enjoyable. Yes. Um, how how would you say it? Like part of uh, the most enjoyable platform for me. Yes. You know, if they want to, you know, I I I like this space a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even tried like recording our podcast, having yep. the having the video, video and the audio, but lately we've just been recording <laughs> the podcast yeah. in it. For I don't know. We're, we're, Content yeah. creation can be kind of stressful. Yes. You know, like if you're doing video, you want to have your makeup your done. Makeup, your lighting, and, your editing afterwards. And right. There's yeah. just so many That's different pieces. And like with a podcast, it's just like, let's just turn on this mic and mm-hmm. let's just let's just start talking. So yeah. I really appreciate that yeah. that aspect of podcasting. And I feel that it, it works for my life. Yes. In a much more. Yes. And I've, I, the outcomes that we've received have just exceeded that mm-hmm. of YouTube. Absolutely. Not that we've abandoned YouTube, but just, you know, a little pause. it is, we've been on a, on an extended pause yeah, from YouTube, <laughs> but I definitely enjoy, um, being able to, to come together yeah. to have these conversations and to just talk about different topics that relate to marriage and finance and mm-hmm. the future and paying off debt and yes. investing and providing some you know financial commentary and yes. just bringing our thoughts and i'm so glad that there are uh, folks who are who have joined in on that conversation and have come along with us on the on this journey yes. and on the right uh, absolutely shy and i think for me when i became a consumer of podcasts that's when my love for the creating podcast really, uh, really blossomed because mm-hmm. I always wanted to create a a good sonic experience. Like I want everything to sound good just because like how I am in music and stuff. And so I always wanted like good quality. I always wanted like a little vibe with it, with the music. And so I always like mm-hmm. wanted to create this experience for That's, the listener. That was all Marcus. And if, if yeah. you've been following us for a long time, then you know that all of our podcasts have music mm-hmm. and it's been a while. Um how how long has it been since we've since done we just started doing two episodes, music and non music? It's been at least like a hundred episodes. So we're okay. at like two hundred and twenty two. Yeah, because at some point we had to have the conversation. Yeah. Like Marcus, I know Everybody you're a musician. Love. 
I know you like music and bobbing <laughs> your head, but I think that, I mean, you might be listening more for the music than the yeah, words. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so now, so yeah, so there's two, there's yeah, two one options. with music, there's one without music. And that, and that really helped. We, we listened to the requests on that one. Yes. You requested it. Some, some of our reviews said, Hey man, I really like, you know, some people just like the, just the Ted talk kind of traditional podcast. And right. so we wanted to give y'all both that. So that's why I like this experience. Child. You said it, this platform because it's give and take. We're listening to you guys. We're trying to do things and you're showing up. So yeah, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you want because y'all are here. And so this has been a great experience and we hope that we can continue to do this for However many, however long, you know, we don't want to put a to put a cap on it. But anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, once again, thank you, Shire. But we need to get into today's topic. Okay? I'm a little nervous about this topic. Well, let, well, let's dig on. Let's dig because on because I don't know. I don't know which way you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. We we gonna we gonna we gonna go somewhere. With and you. I have a feeling that Shire is gonna things be, might yeah. seem harsh. But yeah. let me reassure you, as a listener, <laughs> we're not angry with each other. No. But we're gonna butt heads on but this. But I one, think y'all. we might have different views. Yes. <laughs> so uh we had an, a, a great conversation with uh I'm, I don't we're not gonna put the person's business out there, but we had a great conversation yesterday evening with a family friend. <laughs> and he raised an incredible point that I wanted to bring up on this pod. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say it as vulgar as it sounds in my head, and I could walk it back later. Okay, so is this their words or yours? Clarify. This, this is this is the this was the overall uh, feel of the conversation. Okay. I think baby boomers are, are, are trash. <gasps> <laughs> okay, now allow me to walk it back. That's a bit tongue in cheek. Okay, I don't really mean they're trash. He doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean it. Clean it up. But, Clean it up. I have a bone to pick with the baby boomer generation. Okay. Now, before I state my case, I'm going to state my little case. Before I do that, let's let's let the listeners know what that is. Okay, so boomers are broken up in two groups, but for the sake of this conversation, we're going to keep them together. So we have anyone from the age of born in 1946 to 1964. Okay. Now, some people break those up in Boomer 1 and Boomer 2. We just going to keep it 100. We just going to keep it Boomers. All right? So that means if you're anywhere from 59 to 77, <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you. What, what do you mean by that, Marcus? That's, that's not fair. I think they're entering the retirement age, right? A lot of the Boomer generation. They're the last generation that ate up the pensions, Right? They're going to be, they're going to really weigh on the social security market. They're going to eat up a lot of the social security. We're in one of the healthiest eras, I think, in human history. So these boomers is going to live a long time. They're going to be here for 30, potentially 30 more years, bleeding this system. And really, they were responsible for the the 09 housing debacle okay which has negatively affected generation x which is 43 to 58 year olds and definitely have affected millennials i also have a bone to pick with boomers because i don't think they gave us 
Gen, uh, Gen X and millennial enough financial education. I think we are educating ourselves now, right? As a millennial group, as a Gen X group, as a Gen Z, which is uh, younger than millennials. I think we're educating ourselves. You got a lot of false education out there too. But that's another another topic. <laughs> but anyway, we trying to get it out the mud. We, we they didn't really teach us nothing other than man, you know, just you, you got to get out of high school. You got to get don't don't end up in jail. I mean, they gave us the basics, but and the reason why is because they knew they had pensions and things like that that they were gonna that were gonna carry them through, and they really seemed to y'all worry about y'all. Y'all figure it out. You know what I mean? The boomer generation was the generation that would get, kick you out the house at 18. You got to get, you got, you're too big. <laughs> you're smelling yourself. You got to get out. You know, I just feel like, man, they like, are, am I wrong for feeling like they're a pretty selfish generation? Shire, I'm going to let you counter argue that point. Mm. I, I think I think I made all my points. Okay. That was a lot. <laughs> and I laughed, but it wasn't because necessarily not. It wasn't because what you were saying was funny. Okay. <laughs> There's just so much here. Let's go. Okay. I think some of the points are valid. So we'll start with. uh, Before you go, one more point. They're responsible for most of the policies as well. They're largely in mass in Congress, in the Senate and the House. Yes. Boomers. They refuse to leave. They refuse to give millennials and Gen X an opportunity. Go ahead. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so I think we can talk about the social security piece. Okay. And I think that that's a a valid fact that, you know, they're going to, they're, they're, they are going to be the beneficiaries of social security. Yes. And I don't know what it's going to be like for us. You're going to get scraps after them. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I know I was looking at an article that we were talking about earlier from Forbes and if anyone wants to check it out, it's called 19 trillion in new debt mm. over the next decade. Let's talk about it. Mostly from programs nobody will cut. And of course, Social Security was one of those programs. And they're even going to be going into like reserves to make sure that, you know, yeah. older generations are taken care of. And I'm not mad at the boomers for that okay. because that's a benefit that I I really hope is around with for us for us. Yep. So I'm not mad at it, but you know, it's a, it's a, uh, that's the reality. It's a reality. Yeah. Um, wow. You said so much. Where do I go next? <laughs> you want me to recap any of it or you remember? No, let's okay. see. I'm going to randomly jab at one of them. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's true. Um, I don't, Yeah. I don't know what's going to be left for us. Yeah, right. You know, right. and then um, I know we we're talking about another article we we're reading around um, how millennials will fare in retirement. Mm-hmm. And it was around 38% of millennials will not have yes. um, enough income at age 70 yes. in retirement. Absolutely. Shia. And then when you think about, wow, you have a good percentage of millennials that will not have enough income. Mm-hmm. And then you're wondering, whether or not social security will be there. Right. And once the boomers are gone and it's just us and we're struggling, yes. we're the, the struggling elderly group of America. Who's going to come to our rescue? Yeah, it's a great question. Shire, to, to touch on that a little bit more, 
when you think of the pension system, that is pretty much out, right, for our generation. There's very few jobs, I think, still on the state level there, and on the yeah. on the university well, level. Yeah. But they're not in mass like they were, you know. And even though they may still have them on the university state level, Shire, you know this for a fact. You get in there, them perks ain't quite what the ones that grandfathered in look yes, like. Yes, they're not quite perking. Come as, on. As you know, you would say a lot of uh, pensions have been restructured. Because they knew that they're they're not sustainable. Exactly. So while, yeah, a lot of state jobs will have a pension, I, I think the state figured out it's not really sustainable for mm. us to provide these high incomes and cover 100% of everything once you retire. And so that may have led to restructuring the yep. pension, um, a lot of the pension plans. So mm. a lot of the pensions now are not as generous. Yes. And it kind of like... Reminds me of like tech a little bit about mm-hmm. how they had all those high incomes and then all of a sudden those high incomes are not sustainable mm-hmm. and now you're seeing all these layoffs in tech. But yeah. anywho, back to your point. Um, yes, there there still are jobs that offer pensions. Like they okay. do exist, but I would say that the offerings are not as robust as they used to be. You know, mm-hmm. maybe for those who were boomers. And you know, but a, but a pension does not guarantee a lavish lifestyle in retirement. Okay. Your pension is based on the number of years you worked at the company and the income you received while you were at the company. Right. So for me, having have worked a few years kind of in that social service realm mm-hmm. and even with food benefits, they call it CalFresh in mm-hmm. California, like the food stamp program. I mean, I in past jobs many, many years ago, another mm-hmm. lifetime, I I remember uh, helping folks to sign up for food stamps who had pensions. Mm. So okay. let's not. Okay. So I don't think that's the hill that we can die on. Fair enough. Um, but I think having a pension is reliable income, yeah. right? That's not. Um, it's not. With uh, it's not going to go up and down. It's not going to have that. Mm-hmm. That volatility. It's annuity. It's essentially an annuity. Yeah, which is, you know, def- a defined benefit. Mm-hmm. And so that, and sometimes can come with increases. But anywho, yeah. Um, but yeah, there are certainly benefits to having a pension. But there are a lot of factors with that as well. Oh, and, I, and I agree with you on that. I'll give you that one. And we'll get into, in the second half of this, uh, we'll get into, a, you know, a little deeper on that piece. But oh, millennials... Yeah. Or you have to do 401. We got to do it ourselves, right? Well, At least if you got a pension, mm-hmm. you can do a 401 as a subsidy. No, it's not a 401 usually. Or it's 403, like a, excuse yeah. me. 403B. 403B, 457. But, but because there is the presence of those accounts lets you know that a pension is not the end-all be-all. Okay. And that you still need you still need to save. You, that one. you win that one. You, you still need to save. Okay. You know, so. We'll get there. We'll get there. All yeah. Right. Now. And I, up until this point, Shire, you've you've hit my points on boomers that really aren't boomers' fault, right? I mean, that's not their fault that the Social Security is going to run out with them potentially or that pensions have run out on, under their watch or whatever. Now let's talk about the things that I think the boomers have had their hands on. Okay. The education piece, teaching the next generation financial literacy don't you think they could have done a bit of a better job on that? That they can't give what they don't have. Okay, all right. And Let's I think that it. is going to um, 
vary obviously from family to family. Absolutely. I'm not going to go knock on my neighbor's door and say, Hey, what do you know about money? Can you teach me something? You know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's a very much, um, is, you know, with what is within your family? Um, what was your, your schooling like your education? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that a lot of millennials are, I mean, like we're a very educated, uh, demographic Mm -hmm. and I would, I want to say that we probably have higher rates of college participation okay. than than the boomers. So at I'm too old to blame a boomer Look, for something I, that I don't know. Now, nah, college education doesn't correlate to financial literacy now. <laughs> but most college graduates are, 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 are in financial ruin. <laughs> so let's not yeah, go there. But, but I think it's very millennial of us <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to blame uh prior generations for our own lack of knowledge instead of saying that i have a personal responsibility to myself to learn all that i need to know so that i can be a successful adult and while i wish i had more financial education in schools from my parents from the church and from other entities that you know you you spend your time with right um at the end of the day I I know that I am the one, you know, I, you know, I kind of. You're responsible I, for that. I, I'm responsible end, yeah. for myself. Ultimately. Now, could we do better as a society? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, it kind of goes back to that article we we're talking about with that 19 trillion in like new debt, yeah. not old debt. This is new debt. Mm-hmm. So we have a, you know, a country that is really banking on debt to do its business. Yeah. And it's just like, well, maybe, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a societal problem. Right. Debt right. is a societal problem. But yes, we can do better. Okay. But part of do it, us doing better doesn't involve blaming those who came before us. My All opinion. Right. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to push back on that because what about the housing market of two of 09? People taking these arm rate mortgages adjustable rate adjustable mortgage. rate mortgages okay they don't care about what how that's gonna affect you know folks down the line they just knew i can get this house for this much and i can only i only have to pay this now and i'll worry about it later i feel like the 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 energy of the boomer is either i'll worry about it later or somebody else is gonna have to worry about it mm-hmm. later Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Because now yeah. we're I trying like, to still recover from that. You know well, what I mean? Well, I'm not making the, I'm not seeing the full picture about the housing issue. Okay. But I do, I do feel that kick the can mentality that mm-hmm. I feel is that in, I, I think of like the leadership of this country. Let's talk about that. Like the leadership on, of this country is I'm going to just kick the can and let whoever comes after me deal with. I'll be dead and gone. Yeah. Deal with the repercussions. Mm-hmm. So I think that that attitude is very present yes. in my, in my personal opinion. Okay. Now, as far as the housing crisis, the millennials, we had a, we had a little we, opportunity there. We have had opportunities. Had a opportunity it's there. funny because sometimes I'll have conversations with like younger millennials who will say, I'm waiting for the housing crash. And I'm thinking, honey, it already happened. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, I don't know what the future holds. 
Mm-hmm. Could it happen again? It will probably look different. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there was a window of time for a lot of millennials to purchase a home, and a lot of a lot of folks did. That's true. But not everyone. That's true. That's true. Uh, it's just yeah. Maybe I use that as a. I don't know. I don't. I can't really give you a, <laughs> a hard correlation between boomers and that. But one can only assume that that was the age group that was really buying at that time. You know, because mm-hmm. we were just uh, and in Gen X were like first time buyers. Yeah. During the worst of it, and then millennials became first time buyers during the rebuild, the rebound of it. And so I'm just like. One could only assume that the boomers had a hand in it. And you kind of highlighted it. It's really more of the, it's I let somebody else worry about it, energy that does it for me. And it's like you see it in Congress. You see it with global warming. I mean, these gray-haired people in Congress, they don't, it's like, do y'all really not care or see about global warming? Well, part of the reason why they don't care or see or care to see is because there's like, uh, I'll probably be gone by then. You know what I mean? And it's like, I can feel that energy because there's no denying that it's a thing that maybe we should start trying to figure out a way to correct it so that our children's children will, won't won't live in a world where Sacramento is 130 degrees oh, <laughs> during the summer. Lord. You know, but it's just kind of like, eh, I, yeah, I mean, I know it's important, but hey, I'll never see the worst of it. So I'm out. That's just the vibe I get. It's like, why can't you get younger people in Congress and and and, and the Senate in the House that have, you know, I'm thir- a whole 37 years old. Like when I was a kid, 37 was really established, mature. But it seems like now 40 is just looked at as you still ain't ready, young boy, young uh, buck. N- n- I don't I don't agree with that. OK, well, tell um, me why you don't. I don't agree with that okay. because, you know, obviously. I don't know why some of these folks continue to get reelected, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, it. They are elected. They fair. are elected. That's that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that shot. I just think maybe we don't. When you see these people, you don't millennials don't feel the, the feel the urge to go out and vote because there's not people that look like them who they're voting for. So like, why would they go out and vote? You know what I mean. And, I, and I'm definitely doing the generalization here because I do see like a young, a lot of young people getting hired on the municipal or getting elected on the municipal level. You'll see like mm-hmm. the youngest black, gov- uh, you know, city council. Uh, da, da, da. So you see little speckles of that. But overall, when if I were to pull up all the senators in the United States of America, they're all boomer aged white men. Yes. And that's true. But there were some presidents who became president in their 40s. Oh, everyone's getting a history lesson now. Okay, break it down. down. Uh, Barack Obama was in his 40s. Okay, Um, fair enough. JFK was in his 40s. Okay. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we're coming at this with our, our churchy lens. (laughs) And and let's go there. I mean, let's go there. Sorry. No, yeah, no, let's go there because uh, I think that that's where that comes from. Okay. Yeah, because you know, we grew up in the black church, you know, and you see a lot of the leadership is is of that boomer age too. Maybe even shoot, the silent generation, even a little older than that mm-hmm. on some churches. But you don't see a lot of youth 
on some of the more bigger popular churches, they're definitely youth driven. But like your mo- most of your old school storefront church, which is probably, you know, most the majority of churches in America are kind of like that. And I have a follow up question, but continue. Yeah. You see, you don't see young are we even young? You don't see millennial age people in leadership like that. Can I ask you a question though? Yes. Are those churches thriving? I would say no. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. But maybe I'm. You're saying maybe I'm genuflecting that my church experience on other experiences. That's what you're saying. That's yes. What you're saying. It could be. It could be. Maybe. Maybe. But but I think you do make a good point. Okay. Um. But I think there's. There's some there's some good when you you know we should we I'm I'm coming at it from like you know have respect for your elders love the elders they I mean we should value their experiences the things that they've experienced in history that we haven't experienced that's a good point and apply being able to apply that lens to to laws yeah new laws yeah and um. I don't know. This is not really my area, but I will yeah. continue to vote right, <laughs> and encourage others to vote when that time comes around. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the uh, biggest arguments that you made was around boomers gobbling up resources mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because they are, you know, that they will be the generation to gobble up resources. Yes. We don't really know what will become of us. Right. And to that point, I would like us to explore. Let's, let's dig on it. I would like us to explore um, the idea that it was the millennial generation that discovered a way to retire early. Right. And this is something that was not... Um, a prevalent narrative of other generations who worked um, many for as long as they could, you know? Right. Um, So how, how does it happen that many millennials will uh, struggle in retirement when we have found, you know, the key, which is fire, the fire movement. And how does that weigh in to this conversation? I think that's a good question. Um, it poses a second question. One may ask themselves, was the fire movement a flash in the pan kind of thing? Like, is that is is the fire movement still a possibility now, even now, you know? But, yeah, that is something that was like a, because when you look at the numbers and you look at where people where millennials will be at 70, it tells you that. Even with all that fire movement that you see on your algorithm, there's still going to be some. There's it's, it, maybe it's, maybe it's not as lit as it's, it's not as on fire as it seems. Right. So, what do you think about that? Do you think that the fire movement is still a thing, or do you think it was a flash in the pan kind of hot thing that if you got in it, then you you did it, and if and da 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 Like, what do you think? Yes. Um. I believe that we are striving to of course uh retire early yes are we on the fire train (laughs) i mean we talk about retiring early i I don't know i I don't know maybe we're fire movement adjacent i mean we we have we share a lot of the ideologies but i wouldn't say like we're 
it's like BLM. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I do believe Black Lives Matter, you know, but like, do I donate to the BLM Inc.? Like, no, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think- agree with a lot of the principles. I would love to retire early. So I guess I, I guess I do agree with a lot of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> Ooh. But I think there's some things we need to dissect about this, though. Right. Yes. And like, how realistic is it mm-hmm. considering all of the variables, I yes. guess? Yes. And that it, you know, like I was saying, it, it did come out of. I'm assuming the millennial generation. Oh, absolutely. That we kind of figured this thing out. Mm-hmm. And so we are the ones who figured it out. The boomers didn't figure it out. The mm-hmm. silent generation didn't figure it, figure it out, but we figured it out. Right. You know? And so, um, how realistic is it? I, I don't know. And for those of you, you might be like, well, what is that? That's when you're hyper contributing to a retirement vehicle, either 401k uh, real estate investing, whatever your vehicle, you're contributing heavy to your investing so that you can speed up the process and retire early, retire before like 65. And so it is centers around this concept where retirement isn't an age, it's a number. And if I can get to the number tomorrow, I'm retired tomorrow. So that's kind of what the concept is. And it sound it makes sense when you put it like that, but is it realistic? Because, what we see is what the high, the biggest criticism of it is, Shire, is that are you really retired or are you doing some different type of work and calling it retirement, right? Yes. And I think that's one of the biggest criticisms is like, are you genuine, genuine, genuinely yes. retired? Yeah. And I, I think that comes from um, a lot of of the dialogue around fire is from content creators Mm -hmm. and content creation is technically a job work (laughs) hard work too like (laughs) yeah it's it's a job it looks cool it looks incredible yeah it's hard it's work i mean so maybe in that case people are have reached financial independence so Mm -hmm. fi but not necessarily retiring early got you but yeah so when i think about you know, aspire the solution and have millennials figured out the re- retirement mm-hmm. theme. I don't know that there's any studies that have come forth and presented that while millennials have found the key. Mm-hmm. And I think that society has, has changed in that yeah. if you kind of do a deep dive into the fire movement, how it's still relevant and, and what are some things that are not so relevant that, you know, you'll find that there are plenty of articles, uh, yeah. pro, you know, pro and con yeah. And one of the one of the things that I found interesting was around um, people striving for fire so that they could spend more time with their children. Right. They didn't want to be at work. They want to be at home with the kids. Yep. And then all of a sudden we have this pandemic and we're at home with the kids. And it's just like, I'm seeing these children too much. I'm sick of these kids. <laughs> Y'all need to go back to school yeah. in person. Yeah. No. Um, so like some of the reasons, you know, some of the motivators that we would hear a lot, you know, mm. with with remote work being an option for a lot of people. Right. It's just like, okay, well that's not a reason yeah. anymore for, yeah. I mean, granted some people still work in person. Right. No, that's a great point. Shire. I'm getting ready to transition to remote work. And I'm like, I started thinking, I was like, why would I ever, st-? because if you know me, if you listen to me, I want to stop working last year. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, he wanted to start working a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all for the early retirement. But then with us going to remote work, I'm like, man, well, like, why would I? Why would I need to stop doing this? This is like I'm at home. Right. You could still be with you know, your I'm children. Like, everybody's still- here. I mean, I could walking around in shorts and socks and hoodies, and it's like, well, that's kind of. I might not want it. Like, I'm not in a rush to be done with that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah, the game has changed, and it's like, is that even a thing? But, Shire, you you said something that I really liked. You differentiated, and I think that's what we just need to do. I think that's the answer. It needs to be a differentiation between financial independence. Mm-hmm. That needs to be its own thing. And financial independence, retire early. Retire early gives the assumption that, like, if I never work again or never invest again, I'm good. Right. Financial dependence is, I, it's like gives you more options, but I still may need to work. I still may need to be a content creator. I still may need to have real estate. You know what I mean? I still may need to have these, I still may need to invest in the market or reinvest my money, reinvest my dollars. So it's like, there's a difference. I think that 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 would probably clear up a lot of things. But what do you think about that? Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. So are you looking up like you was looking up a little article or something like that? You got something over there? Yes. Okay, hit me with some. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is this is an interesting um perspective okay. around fire, and um this particular article is talking about why fire. Retirement is becoming obsolete mm. and it's it's sharing that it started off as a movement mostly by men who had fr- who had fragile egos mm. and they were dissatisfied with their jobs. Mm. And so um, they wanted to leave their job. And so yeah. it, it came out of, you know, an era of men who didn't want anyone telling them what to do. Right. I'm sure they left their high earning jobs, right? Well, it doesn't say, doesn't specify. I mean, yes, because I mean, with fire movement, you will find that most people are of a certain income. Okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it started. And instead of saying that they're a stay at home parent now, Mm -hmm. now that they've retired early, because that doesn't sound that great. Mm-hmm, and a lot mm-hmm. of men wouldn't like that terminology. Right. So then they would say, you know, I'm an early retiree or yeah. I'm an entrepreneur or I'm an yeah. author or a podcaster. Right. Um, yeah, because I can't tell the fellas I'm a nanny. Uh, uh, I'm babysitting. I'm watching my kids now. I like that. Don't that don't sound that great. Whereas a woman would say, you know, well, I'm a stay at home mom. now. Right. Right. And Char, you always talked about the the fact that like. You know, what are you going to do in retirement? You know what I mean? When you're 40 something like, yo, like, yo, you'll be able to fill it up with a lot of fun stuff. Don't get me wrong. But like eventually you're going to be you're naturally going to be like want to put your hands to work in some way. And I think that's a lot of times why you see a lot of folks who still do content creation, stuff like that. But that is work, man. That's that's like work. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just think there needs to be a line drawn financial pinch retire early and financial independence are two separate things right can i i have another like random thought around um the fire movement because i know like one of the pioneers 
You know, they were on television like early, early, early. Mm-hmm. No one that we know personally. But um, I would go to their blog and like read about retirement and things like that. And one day I was on uh, their blog and they got a divorce, you know, because they were married and they want to spend more time with their children and, and whatnot. With and I'm the just, family. And I'm just like, you know, all that time at home, Ooh. you know, y'all really, you know, thanks. To, you know, sometimes you need a break from your spouse, Man. you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, you know, you retire, you know, super early and then things don't work out with your, with your spouse. Like, are you still able to stay retired when? Yeah. When you factored in one mortgage and Man. one set of everything, and right. now with the separation, there's two. So there's just so many variables. Right, Shira. But I have to ask you a question because we started this conversation off, you know, talking about the boomers. Mm-hmm. Do you think that boomers were having these types of conversations and that anything like what we're talking about was even on the table for them? No. <laughs> you said that fast. And I'll say no. Partly because they had an they had a different system, so they they did have more and better pensions that were options for, in, in large majority for them. And I don't even know if they thought to do something like this. This is spawned like you like that first thing you said from I want more, and that's one thing I will have to say about millennials is it was joked about like they just some spoiled like they just want stuff and while that in one way is like like bratty it's also creates things like this like we want we want to know how can it get, get better than this like it's already good but can it get better and i think that a fire the fire movement is just like dude y'all already got really great jobs y'all got high earning you know, high earning job, but y'all, y'all just, y'all just want to be done with work now too, huh? Y'all want to retire today, huh? That's what y'all want. This is like, it's almost like a spoiled thing. And I think like boomers, they weren't, they didn't even, their minds didn't even click to go there. They were just like, we work, this is what we do, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I don't even think this is something that could have been spawned by boomers. Maybe Gen X, we have to give Gen X a little bit because they are kind of, responsible to it's late millennials and gen x that came up with this fire thing i I think and gen x is the the group that was you know hip-hop was had was birthed through and rebelled rock and roll and you know what i mean so like they were forward thinking too and then when it came to millennials we just like yeah i don't want to work tomorrow you know what i mean kind of more spoiled so that's where the fire thing wait so you're saying millennials are spoiled not spoiled, but we 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 want to we want to shake things up, and we kind of got that from the generation before us, which is X, which uh-huh. is a bit rebellious. We're kind of got some of that rebellion and some of that spoiled mixed up, made a little. We stirred that thing up, and we create things like I want to be retired today, or I want I just want to create content. Nobody's retiring you know today, saying? Marcus. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but, you're but, saying like that desire, that but desire, right? Yeah. And I think boomers, they weren't even on that at all. They was on some old, this is what we do. We work. We come out and we get good jobs. We get us a good state job. You know what I'm saying? We get us something with that good, good pension. And we and that's what we do. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, they were, yeah. I, yeah. Like, they had more of a, like, I don't know, traditional view. Traditional view. view. Yep. Traditional view on yep. work and life. Yep. 
So, I mean, it's yeah. interesting. But, I mean, the work landscape has changed so much. Yeah. So much. That's true. It's it's really a, a different world. And while, and I don't know that every single boomer has a pension. So oh, we're definitely general, generalizing a, things, y'all. Yes, there are some boomers thing. who are, you know, This whole doing thing is well. a stereotype. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can't really apply this to no, an no. entire generation. Absolutely not. But while there's some, I think there's some comfort in predictability Mm -hmm. that if, say, I was a boomer who had a pension and I was able to live a good life and I, you know, was married with two children Mm -hmm. and like there's some. Now you're getting your grandbabies coming in Yeah, I like that predictability of life where you know, now it's like, okay, I'm working in the office. I'm working remote. I need to do some gigs. I need to drive for Uber. I need to drive. For Lyft, I need. I'm gonna deliver some food. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a side hustle. You start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like it's just too much. It's scatterbrain. (laughs) It's too much. I I totally agree, Shire. In in some so many ways, it's we're doing more. We're doing more busy work now. Busy work. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. You know, Shire. Overall, to close this out, this conversation fascinates me. I'm fascinated by the philosophies and mentalities of each generation. And I think it's really cool to just at some point go back and look and kind of like, man, okay, Gen X does this. Gen Y's mentality is this. And it's just really fascinating to see how everyone's mindset changes as the generations go on. So, all right, you've convinced me maybe boomers aren't trash, but they're just a little different. You know, we're different Uh, than them. We have, we all have different (laughs) philosophies, right? The world, you know, continues to change. Yes. And I think that, you know, we can we can learn from each yeah. generation. Absolutely. I agree. Shire, well, this was a fun episode. This was a long one. I like these. Uh, I'm going to be able to listen to this at the gym, you know what I mean, while I'm getting it in. But anyway, we hope you out there are enjoying the Black Married Every podcast. And apparently you are because you've downloaded over a million times. So oh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We're going to catch you all on the next one. Shire, if you ain't got nothing else. Any other thoughts? No. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to catch you on the next episode. Peace. Bye.